Investing during retirement, buy and hold, hang in there, don't worry about it, trying not to have major losses. These might be terms you've heard before. In today's episode, Raiden and I are going to take you through active management versus passive management. And in all essence, it may make you think about how you're currently invested. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stansel and Merce Tariq. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Retirement in Action podcast. This is the podcast where Merce and I, we take things that are affecting people close to and in retirement, and we really talk about how do you put that into action? How do you make things work when you're close to? And we, by the way, Merce and I, we define things uh, when we say close to within about 10 years of retirement or already in retirement. And uh, today we wanted to take a little bit of time and talk about uh, investing for retirement in volatile markets. Uh, this is a topic that is extremely important uh, to individuals. And the reason why is because the closer you get to retirement, usually you have a little bit less risk tolerance. And you might have been told about different ways to handle that. Uh, a lot of times people are told to maybe increase the bonds that they have in the portfolio, decrease the stocks they have in their portfolio. You've probably heard of terms like 60-40 um, or make sure you're really diversified. And you might think, well, I'm in a what's called a conservative portfolio. All of these are terms that you think, well, maybe I'm okay. Uh, Merce and I, though, we look at things just a little bit different. And we want to kind of take you through that. So we want to, uh, first of all, talk to you about the differences in our mind between what we call buy and hold. What does that mean? And then we'll look at another way, which is actively managing your portfolio. And what does that mean? And what? how can that help you? So let's get started. And Merce, uh, could you just help all of our listeners uh, really understand what is being said when somebody says, and all these things might be in the same thing, buy and hold, asset allocation, what does all that mean? Yeah, so buy and hold is really, I mean, it's, it's a very simple way of investing when you look at it. So you may go in to sit down with an advisor or meet with one online, however it is. And the first thing they're gonna do is try to get a gauge of your risk tolerance. And, you know, at the time, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, or 60, you get that gauge. And that's, that's really where they're going to set up a portfolio based off of what your risk tolerance score ends up being. And so what the, the goal is in asset allocation, buy and hold, is really to create or construct a well-diversified portfolio that matches up with your risk tolerance. So it may be something like, it may put you in a 60-40 a portfolio, basically 60% exposure to the equity world, 
and then 40% exposure to say the fixed income or the bond arena. And within that, that 60%, they're going to break down the equities into different sections. So you may have some of the more aggressive growth stocks. You may have a a piece of that pie towards um, mid cap, small cap. Uh, You may have a section towards international and you may have another section towards certain sectors. And then once you have that set up, it really just stays there. And maybe every now and then you're going to have a rebalancing section where they put everything back to, into their weighting. But ultimately, you, you, you sign up for a portfolio based off of your initial risk tolerance, and then you just hold it. And you hold it and you hold it and you hold it and you go up and down with the markets based off of, you know, what's going on at the current time. And, you know, you may not be as exposed to, say, the S&P 500. So, for example, the S&P 500 back in 2008 lost a little bit over 50 percent in that one year. Um, or in that in the period of that downturn. And so maybe your 60-40 portfolio lost 30, 35, 40%. Um, and so the, the whole notion of buy and hold is really, well, construct a portfolio, buy into it, and then just let it work. And whether it takes 5, 10, 15, 20 years, uh, the story is, is that ultimately it's going to make some money. Well, the thing that Raiden and I talk about and what we the clientele that we typically work with they don't really have the 5, 10, 15, 20 years to make back some losses that could potentially happen in a buy and hold portfolio. So that's where we start to talk about active management. Um, so Raiden, you want to kind of give differentiate between how we look at passive versus active management and what active really is? Absolutely. And you know what Merce just said, I kind of want to recap one of those points is that you know, in a 60-40 portfolio, if the market's down 50% and you say, well, I didn't participate in all of that because I had it diversified and I had it, you know, I, I wasn't exposed to all of that, and it, but you were down 30%. A lot of times people hear that and they might have, you know, they'll come in and they'll talk to us like, oh, yeah, I was down 30%. And I made it back. Well, the, the thing is, is when you have to look at the numbers and you're close to retirement, if you've got a million-dollar portfolio and you're down 30%, that means you're down $300,000. And that's not that big a deal necessarily if you're still growing, but that's a really big deal if you're taking withdrawals out of your account. So if you're pulling money out or you're going to be pulling money out soon, that's that's a really big issue. And so what we want to do is say, hey, how do we protect from those significant downturns? And we believe that you have to actively manage the portfolio. In fact, we believe that there needs to be what we call a sell-side discipline. Now, the industry, the, the Wall Street industry, that market says they work off of what is called a buy-side bias. So what does that mean? Well, I, I always tell people, think about this for a second. Imagine you call up a mutual fund company or a stockbroker, but let's just go with a mutual fund company first. And you say, hey, I've got some money to invest. And I'm thinking about what's the best time to put that money to work. What do you think the answer is going to be 99.9% of the time? Right now. Right now, exactly. They're going to say, hey, put it in right now. So how is it that 99.9% of the time, it's always the right time to buy? 
it's just not. But so we believe there's a time to buy and there's a time to sell. And that's how we navigate markets. So for example, we talk about this particular podcast as how do we invest and deal with volatile markets. Now, that could be an election uh, of the president. That could be um, a pandemic. That could be uh, a, a breakdown within a bubble. Uh, if we have a bubble, like in 2008, that was a bubble, a housing bubble. How do we deal with that? And and the real thing we have to do is we have to have a predetermined discipline. And what the dip, discipline says is that whenever the market is in demand, we'll participate. And when it's not in demand, we will not participate. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. Now, I got a question for you to handle, Merce. What's the difference? Are we saying, let me say it this way. Are we saying that we are market timing? And, and why would you, how would, how would you answer that, first of all? And then why would you answer that way? Right. Yeah. So absolutely not. We are not market timing. Um, sometimes it sounds like it, but really what we're trying to do is is essentially gauge uh, the entire scope of what the market is doing. So uh, a really good analogy that I think any, anyone can understand is, is take the whole world of the market. So you've got, to make it very simple, you've got equities and you've got fixed income. And let's just leave it at those two. And, and you can break down equities as much as you want. You can break it down into sectors. There's certain sections uh, in the equity world. There's certain sections in the bond fixed income world. And then there's also cash that is also an investment option, right? So take all of those and put them in a, in a, in a race, basically. And you say, all right, well, when we're actively managing, our goal is to define who are the leaders of the race? And we're looking at them all evenly. It's not who are the leaders of the race in the equities and who is individually in the, in the bond side. It's looking at the entire world of the stock market. And so what we try to do is identify the leaders in, in the race. Now, in a booming market, you know, when the market is rocking and rolling, very likely the leaders of that race are going to be in the equity world. And so that's where we want to be invested. But we also have the ability to see what's going on in more turbulent times, like a 2008 or a 2001 scenario where, you know, equities were falling back in the race and bonds or fixed income was actually starting to pick up and lead the race. So that's kind of a trigger for us to say, okay, well, let's shift to who the new leader is. And it's not, you know, it's not a, a long-term uh, change. It's basically, we want to be in the leaders of the race at the given time. That could be for a couple of weeks, it could be for a few months, or it could be for a few years, like it has been recently with technology. Technology has done very well over the past few years, so we've been involved in technology. Um, and then on, also on a, in a very difficult time where equities are falling, bonds are falling, 
um, the beauty of cash is cash doesn't really ever move. It just moves relative to everything else. So cash could essentially go to a 2008 scenario, become a leader in the race just by not falling. And so it, that, that, that can be a trigger for us to go to cash for a period of time, essentially, just to see, just to see what is going to be the ultimate direction of the market. So market timing in a way is really saying, let's find the bottom and let's get in at the bottom and then let's find the top and get out at the top. Uh, there's really, in our opinion, no good way to do that. And it's, it's very speculative. What we're doing is we're really tracking the numbers and trying to be involved in the top producers at the time. It's very scientific and there's no real guesswork to it like market timing can have. And so the question is, why? You know, yes, we want to protect ourselves from major or significant downturns, but why is that so important? And, and here's just something to think about. And we, we help people with this all the time when we're looking at their retirement plan. And typically, we'll run some different rates of return. We'll say, what if you earn whatever, 5 6 7%? Here's what's the case. If you are been a good saver, and we looked at your retirement plan, and we said, you're going to have more money than you would ever be able to spend in your lifetime if you can earn 6%. Conservative number, right? And now, what if you didn't earn the six and you earned five and a half? Do you think that by earning five and a half, and at least if you do that, maybe one or two years out of your retirement, is that going to wreck your retirement plan? The answer is absolutely not. It is not going to change. So if you said, hey, I every year want to make six and one year you come in at five and a half, is that going to wreck your retirement? Absolutely not. Just not even going to come close. Now, what if you said, if I can earn five, six, seven percent and everything is going to work great, but you had a year and you lost 50% of your money, can that wreck your retirement plan? A hundred percent, yes. It can wreck it. Now, if you didn't have to take money out, maybe it doesn't wreck it. But if you've got to take any money out, it's going to wreck it. And by the way, if you've got an IRA, you have to take money out eventually. And so it can wreck your retirement plan. It, to think about this number for a second, because it's kind of staggering to think about. It. Let's say you got $100,000 and the $100,000 loses 50%. How much money do you have left? $50,000. $50,000. Now, what if the very next year, your advisor says, guess what? You made 50%. You're back or you, you, you made back 50. You lost 50 last year. You made 50. Are you back to a break even? No. Now, where are you at? 75. You're at $75,000. You got to make a hundred percent to get back to your break even. It is much more difficult. We always make this analogy. The market when it falls is like going down an elevator and going back up is like riding an escalator. It is a much longer process to be able to make it back. And so we need to have protection in place. The, here's the cool part. And I, I'll pose this over because Merce has uh, uh, you know, seen us go through this scenario time and time again with a client. The cool part is this. Merce, regardless of what's happening, whether it be an election, a pandemic, um, a bubble burst, um, you know, some economic crisis that occurs, a war, a bomb, whatever it might be, what is the nice part about having active management? Well, for sure, the nice part is knowing that there are going to be actions taken when we have one of these issues, like this year with the pandemic or back in 2008 with the, the housing crash. You know, 
whenever there is a situation where the market starts to fall, you've got two strategies. One could be passive where you just ride the markets down, hoping that they'll come back. And then you've got the active strategy, which we're involved in, um, that basically says, well, we've got a limit, essentially, as to how much we're willing to lose um, in a in a very t- uh, difficult type of market. So go back to my analogy of the race cars, you know, at some point, if volatility is high enough, and at some point, if the markets are falling, there are going to be new leaders in the market, and we're going to make those shifts. And so, you know, in this, I'll talk about this year in 2020, the pandemic. Um, year started off actually pretty good. January through March was really good. Uh, and then we hit March and we hit the pandemic and the market started to crumble, absolutely crumble by the by the bottom of it. At the end of March, the markets had fallen 32 percent. Um, now, the way that we managed, we didn't not, not a single one of our clients would like to see their assets fall by 32 percent, especially in the in the, the quick brevity that it did happen in March. So we were able to basically say, well, things are falling. And there's no good place to be. So we shifted to cash and we were able to avoid a significant chunk of that fall. And then the next question is, well, how do you get back in? Well, go back to the analogy of the cars. Things started to tick back up. The the Fed got involved in this whole scenario. The markets ticked back up. So we got back in. And so we were able to limit the downside and then still get back in and make, make the upside. So um, active management, I think, definitely has its place, especially when you're somebody that's close to retirement or already retired. Because like Raiden said, could you imagine you know, being ready to pull the trigger on retirement next year and you walk into a pandemic type, type scenario or you walk into a 2008 or an election that you're very uncertain of and, and, you, and you have that buy and hold portfolio that could potentially be exposed to that 30, 40, 50% type loss. Yeah. So, and what I like is as an advisor, and I think our clients, we get a tremendous amount of feedback from this is that, you know, we, we live through pretty bad stuff in the sense of the market and people that don't know us sometimes will say, uh, I I bet you guys are just like killed right now with all the phone calls coming in. Like, no, we're not getting any phone calls. We're not getting any phone calls. Why? Because our clients know we already had a predetermined action plan for when the catastrophe hits, not to mention we'd communicated with them very well and told them what was going to happen. But the, the, the real reality is they're not worried. Is there a, is there something in place or how far is it going to fall before uh, something kicks in? It's going to kick in because we already have it in place. Now I know that uh, we went through a lot uh, as far as this goes, we just want to give you the concept, but there's a lot of things to think about when it comes to retirement planning. And Merce and I, um, we have recorded a four steps to secure your retirement mini video series. And we do not charge anything for this. We don't ever are going to ask you for money for this, but you have access to it if you'd like to go there. Just go to our website, which is pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. Again, pomwealth.net dot net forward slash podcast. And there you can get access to our four steps to secure your retirement. We take you through uh, this mini video series to help you kind of think through a lot of different questions that a lot of people have. So we invite you to do that. We thank you for listening. We hope that this has given you a little bit of insight. Have a great day. All right, everyone that wraps up today's episode of the secure your retirement podcast. 
If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.